We're back. Hello everyone and welcome to the Brunton Bugle, the best place to get your Cal United fix in the podcast world. I'm Lee Rooney. And I'm Dan McLennan. On today's episode we'll be looking back at the pre-season schedule so far, reviewing United's summer transfer activity and finding out what ex-Blues have been getting up to over the summer. All right, Dan, how's it going? Not bad, Matt. How's, it, how's your summer been? Uh, crap, because I've isolated. Yeah, it, it ruins your... friendlies. I know, because you missed your pre-season <laughs> friendly fixes, didn't I you, know, from some of the games, because yeah. of it. Really rubbish, obviously. Last time we recorded, I think it was almost exactly a month ago, wasn't it? I was looking back on the things, it was on fixture release day. So it's, it's going back a bit, and there's been a fair bit that's happened in that time, hasn't there? It feels longer than a month ago, doesn't it? It does, it does, doesn't it? Because you almost forget the fact we did that special episode for the uh, fixture release day. Um, yeah. There's a lot to round up, a lot's happened since then, so we'll, we'll get straight into it. We'll do the news roundup. This is more or less the news roundup we're doing here is in the order of when these things happened over the summer. So this is the first one, basically, is the thing that happened first after we uh, finished the last episode. So uh, the first bit of news... I will just say that's because we have like a WhatsApp for this and we yes. just put all our notes in it so it's just a matter of scrolling back through it and uh, yeah. putting it into order. So it's not necessarily in a importance order if you put it, want to put it that way. No, no. Um, so there you go. Okay, so first up, it's uh, the appointment of a new goalkeeper coach, Dan, but it's not so much new, it's a familiar face, isn't it? Dan Hanford has returned to the club. Yeah, uh, he's settled down in the city now, isn't he? So he's yeah. uh, he's been working as a, a sort of a social worker, and uh, he got the call because uh, Steve Collis is he, he was getting tired of the travelling, and funnily enough, he's just uh, joined Oldham, hasn't he? He has indeed. That that'll be in the X Files a bit later yes. as well. There's some other bits to do with Oldham, um, but yeah, he made 31 appearances in his two seasons as a player. I, I didn't realise he'd made that many. It's kind of, you kind of forget, don't you? He, he, Gillespie had a couple of long spells out injured, didn't he, during yeah, his time yeah. when he was there. Um, since he left the Blues, he's played for Gateshead and Southport. He made about 150 appearances for the two of them combined. Um, I think he left Southport in the summer and um, he, like you said there, he's still been living in the city. He's only 30 years old, but Beach has worked with him before, hasn't he? Because I think he came up for the youth system at Rochdale, actually, when Beach was a coach there. So the, the 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 link's pretty obvious, wasn't it? And I think it was a point was made by the club the fact that the fact that he's local does help because obviously the issue with Collis was the travelling, and that's the reason why he's decided not to stay. Um, I mean, there's some who might argue, well, should you really just be focusing on people locally? But I suppose it means potentially that person's going to stay for a long time if you think they're good enough. So it does work in that way sometimes. Um, he's, uh, he's, he's got he's got a a busy roster of keepers now, hasn't he? He's got four to look after, hasn't he? So he's certainly yeah. going to be a busy boy. Um, more on that in a second, of course. Um, uh, next up, uh, new club captain confirmed. Uh, do you think there's a little bit of surprise, Dan? The fact that obviously Nick Anderton left in the summer, went to Bristol Rovers. Um, his replacement is Callum Guy. So rather than pushing Aaron Hayden up from vice captain to captain, he's given Callum Guy the job as captain, and Aaron Hayden's remaining as vice captain. Unless Hayden's not overly bothered. Yeah, possibly not. I, I don't mean, know. I, I, I don't think 
a captain's role is what it traditionally was these days, is it? Yeah. And the thing is, Guy takes all the set pieces as well, doesn't he? So yeah, it yeah. kind of makes sense for him to sort of be in charge. Yeah, of those he's, kind of he's, he's often in and around the referee, being in the middle of the park, etc. So Yeah, and it leaves Hayden the chance to basically concentrate on things at the back where yeah. he's the senior head now at the back, isn't he? That's the thing. With this yeah, so, yeah. Quite incredible when you think about it. Yeah. Well, obviously McDonald's there, but Hayden's the one we know is going to start every single week, isn't he? Yeah, he's fit. yeah. Um, so that's the captain news there. A bit of good news here, wasn't it? Uh, three of the second-year YTS players have signed pro deals. I mean, we saw little hints about this, didn't we, towards the end of last season from from the CUSG minutes, I seem to remember. Nigel Clibbin sort of hinted at it. But uh, basically, um, goalkeepers Gabe Breeze and Scott Simons and forward Sam Fishburne have all signed professional deals with the club. Uh, the contracts will run until June 2023 with an further option of the club service. Effectively, they're three-year deals, aren't they? Essentially, yeah. if they do well enough, they're going to get three-year deals. Um, Keeper Simons has been with the club since he was eight years old. Breeze joined as a 14-year-old from the local Penrith Leagues. And uh, forward Sam Fishburne joined the academy at just 16 from Walls End Boys Club. There's been some good players come from there, I think it's fair to say. Um, yeah, definitely. <laughs> obviously, for us, Beardsley and McDonald, I think, both came from there, didn't they? And yeah, yeah. Obviously, I think Alan Shearer started out there, didn't he? I seem to remember. I think he was there before he went to Southampton. Possibly. Um, yeah, so he, he'd never previously been in an academy set before then. Um, they all trained with the first team last season, Dan, so it's, it's not a massive surprise, is it? Really? No, I mean, no. I think everyone knew that Fishburne was probably going to get one. I think maybe people look and say, well, you're giving two of the goalkeepers contracts, but maybe that just says just how good the pair of them are, doesn't it? Yeah, well, Dave Holdsworth's on record as saying he thinks we've got two of the best young keepers in the country, so... Who would argue with him? Who would yeah. argue with him? I mean, to be fair, from what I've seen of them in pre-season, both look decent shot stoppers and they've, they've got a bulk out, obviously, haven't they? But they're, they're only 8 Breeze, 17. Breeze is a tall lad, isn't he? He's a tall lad. He's not quite as... What I saw him at Chorley, I was at the Chorley pre-season game, he looks tall, but he looks a bit... He needs a bit more muscle in him, maybe, but yeah, he, I mean, he's only 17. Yeah, they'll, they'll, they'll have a, a bulking up programme, no Whereas doubt. Simons is not as big, but he looks a bit... Bulky and since he looks yeah, a bit more yeah. muscly, so you know, it, it, I mean, it's, it's great that both of them being given deals, really, isn't it? And I, I feel sorry for the first year YTS goalkeeper now because he's looking at that thinking, "Well, I'm not going to get a deal <laughs> potentially." <laughs> yeah. Think. Yeah. Well, if, if he's good enough, I suppose he might do. He might have free homegrown yeah, keepers yeah. before you know it. Um, so yeah, well done to those lads. Uh, they, they'll mostly train with the first team this season, but it sounds like they'll be available for under eighteen games when they need it. That's, imagine- that's that's one thing. I just hope they get enough football for their development. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, it wouldn't be the biggest surprise if we see Breeze and Simons go out on loan for some football. I, I wonder if you might find that those two alternate as the the first choice keeper for the youth team for the first half of the season. Mm. While Boyd gets settled, I think Boyd is the young lad, isn't he? He's the first year yeah. whitest keeper, and then one of them maybe goes out on loan, you know, because you might find someone like we'll talk about him in a minute. Lucas Jensen might end up getting recalled by Burnley if they don't think he's getting game time come January or something like that. You never know with these things, do you? So, um, it's one of those things. So, so yeah, really good to see them all getting deals. Um, should have mentioned there actually as well. Fishburne was the top. Joint top goal scorer at under-18 level across the country, wasn't he? Which season. isn't bad, considering he was a first year. First year, and I don't think he scored in his first six or seven games, something like yeah. that, I think. But he got one goal in his first six, seven, then he just couldn't stop scoring after that. So he's clearly got a knack for it, hasn't he? And he's uh, 
one of a long line of northeast footballers, strikers especially, who come over to Carlisle and do pretty well, don't they? Mm. So there you go. Um, on top of those three second-year YTS play signing pro deals, two more first signings for the first-team squad, Dan. Um, one of them was sort of rumoured for much of pre-season, wasn't he? And then the other one was on trial for most pre-season and did pretty well and it always seemed inevitable he was likely to get a deal, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's always good when a trialist sort of uh, gets offered a deal. You know, they've obviously put the hard work in and uh, scored a cracking goal against uh, Everton, didn't he? Yeah, we'll talk about that one in a bit as well. Yeah. So, yeah, so basically the names there, you Lucas Jensen, who's joined uh, the goalkeeper on loan from Burnley in the Premier League for the whole season, I think, isn't it? And um, Manny's, sorry, Manasi Manny Mampala has signed a one-year deal after his successful trial spell with the club. Um Jensen's an interesting one, isn't he? He's, I mean, like I said again, I was at the trolley game and he's a big lad. I mean, yeah, a really a big lad. Six foot five, he's huge. He, um, between the age of 14 and 17, he actually quit football to concentrate on mountain biking. I think he was top back in the European mountain biking championships for his age group as well during that time. Which is quite a, a bit of a change between sports, isn't it? It's not really... Yeah, it's not like yeah. you, you think you go to running or something like that, or maybe rugby yeah, or something. Yeah. But cycling's very different. Um, I mean, he was on loan at Bolton last season, wasn't yes, he? Yes, he was, yeah. But he didn't actually play any games. Yeah, he said it was a bit of an unusual, wasn't it? Because he, he was kind of brought in because they had that lad on loan from Fleetwood, didn't they? And yeah. um, Ian Everett tore into him after a game, young 18-year-old. Yeah. Who Fleetwood rate really highly and Fleetwood were kind of like, mm, he's stuck there till January, but we don't really want him to be there <laughs> in the end. But he, in the end, he couldn't keep Matt Gilks out of the team. Uh, Knock back clubs out of the team, could he? So yeah. So there you go. Um, Mampala, uh, born in the Democratic Republic of Congo, but he moved to England at a young age. I think he was like two or something like that. Two years old, yeah. 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 Um, I think he sort of grew up around Leeds. I seem to remember was where read somewhere. Um, but he was actually in Everton's academy from a young age. Um, played right up to under twenty three level. Never played a first team game for them though. Joined QPR last summer in the under twenty three squad, but. I think he was one of these players this season who's been a victim of COVID, hasn't he? In that he's not been able to get the opportunities he probably yeah, would have done otherwise. Yeah, so yeah. he's a, he's a player who's clearly got a bit of talent. He's yeah. he's a he's got he's got some good show reels on YouTube. Definitely, he's very Amari Patrick esque in the way he plays. Lots of step overs, mm. bit of pace, but he looks a bit more like he could play centrally, doesn't he? He looks a bit more aware enough to play down the middle. So. You know, I, probably the kind of player he's going to play across the front three across the season. Yeah, I yeah. think he's going to come in and out. Chris team. Beach likes those players that are, you know, you can play anywhere across the three, doesn't he? So yeah, tend to be the kind of players he likes to have in the squad, doesn't he? So it's very adaptable. So yeah, they're, they're the two signings that have come in since we last recorded. Um, a couple of kickoff time changes. Um, United's Boxing Day clash with. Rochdale at Brunton Park has been brought forward to one pm kickoff at the request of Cumbria Constabulary. Baffled by this one, I don't. I don't remember. This the, big... the, only, the only thing I can think of is it's to do with their rostering because obviously they'll have night shifts for the busy drinking uptown from sort of five six o'clock onwards. Yes, but at the same because time, there's, never... no, there's, there's no trains. Rochdale never been a, a troublesome game. It's just it, it must it must be a police roster. Must be. It's anything I think of, but it's, it's weird because they've never done that before for a for yeah. on Boxing Day. Yeah. I mean, they, they, I don't think they've even done it sometimes for Hartlepool coming on Boxing Day. Mm. That, that, if they said Hartlepool, you could almost understand, couldn't you? Mm. First time playing them in a few years, but 
Hey-ho, that's the way it is. Uh, the other one that's changed is the trip to Northampton at the end of October. Uh, that's now going to kick off at two o'clock. And this is to avoid a clash of spectator movements because rugby union side Northampton Saints have also got a home kickoff at three o'clock that day, haven't they? It's so, live on Sky, that rugby game, so that yeah. can't be moved, apparently. No. And if, if anyone's ever walked from Northampton Centre to the football ground, which is a good walk, yeah. you do you do sort of go past the uh, rugby ground area, so... Yeah. It's basically so they don't overlap, isn't it, essentially? Yeah. So the, the set of fans will go at different times, just to make things yeah. a, a little bit easier, I think, is the way they're looking out for that. Um, and the final bit of news, Dan, um, it's a fans forum that's uh, been announced. You've been a bit involved in this, haven't you? Yeah, uh, similar to the uh, the one a few weeks back involving the board. Uh, this is a football one uh, on Thursday, 5th of August. Excuse me. At 6pm. Uh, it's going to be streamed via YouTube again. I think the reason this time is that they try and keep the foot, football department quite separate. And yeah. obviously they don't want people, loads of people in a room, which kind of makes sense. Uh, panel will have Chris Beach, David Holdsworth and Nigel Clibbins. Possibly a few more to be confirmed, isn't there, I think? Yeah, I, I think it'll just be those three from yeah. what I heard today. So, But uh, as as last time, questions can be submitted in advance to the supporters group email address, which is hello at cusg.org.uk before 5pm on Monday the 2nd, which gives me time to sort of put them into a running order and type yeah. them up. Uh, these questions don't get shown to anybody at the club prior. They yeah. go in blind. Uh, I know some yeah. people go, oh, I bet you show them. I assure you I don't. I've got better things to do with my time. And again, questions will be asked by uh, recently appointed supporters liaison officer, Simon Clarkson, and myself and Matt from uh, the forum. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, there's been one or two good questions in already. And uh, if you've got any more, yeah, just get them definitely. sent in. I'll get mine in early this time because I asked one last time and it didn't get asked. So I think you show... asked during, didn't you? I did ask during, yeah. So it it's, just shows that there's no favouritism. Yeah, it's it's hard to, because we have it on a, as a script, basically, it's hard to get them in. And I'm I'm not a fan of that happening, but if people have questions, we do try and get them in. But. Yeah, it, it, it's a difficult one, isn't it? Especially when you're doing it in this format. You, you don't want a situation as well where, because you do find a lot of people sometimes miss, if they're watching them on a stream, they'll miss the question that's already been asked. Their own yeah, question, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they'll come and ask it again. Yeah, and you don't want a situation where you can't like, ask like the same we, question. When, when, we, when we do draw the question list up, we, you know, we, we try and bunch them into sort of categories, you yeah, know, so... Yeah. And very similar questions will sort of be amalgamated into one, but each person does get mentioned. So, yeah. you know, I mean, I, I think last time, I don't think we actually missed a single question over the two of them. So, No, I think some of them got asked, answered afterwards, didn't they, as well? Yes, yeah, so yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. So that was good to see. Um, I think that's pretty much it for news. I was I was going to put a few bits in about the, the catering bits and stuff like that that have been announced, but um, what we'll do is we'll maybe just discuss a bit of that in the second half of the show when we talk about the what's happening in pre-season because you went to one of the home games. It was the, the yeah. home game has been on so yeah. far. Uh, so we'll cover it then. So that's that's a pretty quick first half, isn't it, Done for once? <laughs> Normally yeah. about half an hour in on this point. So, yeah. so there you go. So there you go. We'll, we'll take a little short break now and then we'll be back uh, just to go through what's been happening in the pre-season so far. So we're back in just a minute. Hi, this is George Tanner. You are listening to the Brunton Bugle. Cheers, George. There we are. We're into the second half of the show now. And, uh, we, we are going to get some more over the course of the season just to give yeah. uh, 
George a little rest. Yeah, he's been doing it. We got basically we got him in a little room. <laughs> and he, he does it every single time. He, yeah. he nails it perfectly. It sounds exactly yeah. the same every time. Good, well done to the lad. That's what we had him doing basically for two weeks. Just you know, <laughs> why he hasn't played in pre-season? But there you go. Um, before we get into the second half fully, uh, just a little reminder that this season, the second half of the show is being sponsored by the Car United Supporters Club London Branch. Uh, the London Branch is open to all Car United fans. They've got members from Cornwall to Dundee and Houston to Singapore, and of course, every part of London and the southeast. And they've even got members in Cumbria as well. To be fair, um, they regularly meet up on away trips as well as arranging many social events and supporters games against other supporters clubs um they'll be providing us with information for the away games as part of their preview section this season you can find out more about the london branch at their website which is carlondonbranch.org uh, so get yourself on there and if you're interested sign up okay dan let's uh, get on to reviewing the pre-season um it's been an interesting wasn't it because when you look at the schedule that's put together, we're only playing one EFL side in that time, aren't we? And some people have sort of questioned that, whether there's been a bit of poor organisation maybe in terms of getting stuff sorted. It's an interesting, wasn't it? Because, I mean, last summer was last summer everyone knew it was a mess and we could all take that. We yeah. played a bit of a strange yeah. schedule. There's been plenty of time to prepare this summer. It just feels to me like it's all been a little bit... Chris, Chris Beach said at the end of the season... There were some good pre-season friendlies being arranged and he was looking forward to some strong tests. With the greatest respect to Halifax, who we play this coming Friday, they were probably about 942nd (laughs) on the list of teams I would like to have faced. Which includes every single team in Scotland, probably, for you. Because you love your Scottish pre-season games, don't you? Yeah, yeah, it's a weird one, that one, isn't it? that, That one always strikes me as a game that's been arranged at the very last minute because we've sort of pooped the pants a bit and thought, oh God, we haven't got uh, the Someone said no to us or... Someone's potentially pulled out last minute. Yeah. But um, but yeah, it's an interesting, wasn't it? So obviously pre-season started back at the uh, sort of beginning of this month. Um, first game was Penrith and it finished Penrith nil, Cali United 8. Now, this is something that's stood out for me across pre-season this summer, Dan. We've been battering a lot of these teams, haven't we? We've been getting some really strong results and really dominating the games because actually in the past when you look back at some of these games especially Penrith Penrith often we only maybe only win 4-5-0 maybe 3-0 sometimes we don't always necessarily go full gung-ho in these games whereas this one we dominate from start to finish didn't we? Yeah uh, be honest though, we, we should hammer Penrith Yeah but we don't always that, that's No, no, no but I, I think Penrith are a little bit weaker at present than in previous years I, know. So you I, got the uh, I was at City versus Workington Reds last night talking mm-hmm. to my uh, non-league contacts and apparently players who would normally maybe be at Penrith as two or three are at Carlisle City at the moment. So oh, interesting. They were actually a division below, but it wouldn't be the biggest surprise if Carlisle City went up and joined Penrith if they they managed to stay up because they've struggled the last couple of seasons. But mm. it's, hopefully it's they do. It's a cracking little club, Penrith, isn't it, really? It's a shame. Mm, but, yeah, it's a great but, little day out. But it, it, disappointing it wasn't on a Saturday, to be fair. Yeah, it is a little bit disappointing. Uh, t- two years ago, we sponsored it, didn't we? We did indeed. We had a great day out. It was a really mm. good, good fun day out. We'd have done yeah. that again if we'd had the chance. Yeah, but, definitely, definitely. But just just the way it is. And still got a good crowd, though. It was about 700, was it? I think yeah, it yeah. Well, that, that, that's what these first two or three are about, isn't it? You know, looking after the local teams, getting them a few hundred in. Because 
it, it might not be much money to us, but it you know it really helps these. Uh... Absolutely, absolutely. Um, uh, interesting as well. Uh, YTS players Jack Ellis and Max Kilsby both featured in these games, and they featured a lot during preseason. I think them and Josh Barnett as well. So it shows there's there's three other young lads with second year YTSs that the club are really keen on as well by the looks of things. Especially Jack. I think Jack has featured in about three or four of the games, doesn't he? Across the back four as well. So he's one yeah, I think, I think like. that's possibly because we've only got six defenders and, you know, George Tanner's been out a couple of weeks and now McDonald's out for a bit. True, so. true. But, they, you know, you know got to, they, they could always bring in a trialist, couldn't they, for some of these things? Yeah, so. true, true. Just go to show. Um, next after that was a double header. Um, I say double header. There were double headers across the other side of the country from each other. Um, we played Workington on the West Cumbrian coast, uh, won that game 3 0. Uh, up in the northeast near Newcastle, we played Hebburn and we won that 2 0. Um, I think we're both a bit annoyed about this one, aren't we? And we would have loved to have them on different days because I think they yeah, Hebburn especially. Hebburn was part of the deal that brought Kedwin Scott last season, and that's. I just think they got a little bit of a raw deal out of it, you know. I mean, it's poor form, especially, especially as we didn't have a game on Saturday, the tenth of July. You know, yeah. surely one of these games could have been played then. I mean, both both Workington and Hebben are the the same level. Just one plays in the West Division, one plays in the East Division. You know, so they they are same level. But it would have been good if we could have, uh, you know, had a proper full team at each instead of. You know, was it 14 at each, I think it was? Something like that, yeah. Um, interesting, the Workington game. Um, Mampala got, I think, uh, one of his, well, his first goal in pre-season for us. Um, trialist goalkeeper George Sykes-Kenworthy featured. That was his only appearance before his trial spell ended. He would have added to the Braff- Bradford Mafia, wouldn't he, in the club? Yeah, yeah. He's, uh, he's a good mate of Joe Riley. I think he lives in the same Lancashire coastal town. Hasn't yeah. He? There you go. Uh, in he- obviously over at Hebburn, um, it was Abrahams who got a double in that match. Um, yeah. Only a crowd of about 350 there. Again, that, that's an example of it. If that had been a Saturday on its own, as it was, I couldn't actually make it anyway. But if it had been a Saturday on its own, I might have made an effort to try and get up, knowing mm. that we had a strong squad going there and to go and watch it. You might have had a crowd probably closer to five or six. Yeah, well, it would have been a new ground for a lot of folk, you know. Yeah, and a lot of people who went there said it was a cracking day out as well. Really, yeah, really yeah. Good a, a lot of the North East teams, so funnily enough, I, I've been looking through friendly lists last night, updating my uh, footballology app for uh, ground hopping. Mm. And uh, the num- number of the North East teams we used to play sort of in the mid to late 90s, etc. You know, like Ashington, of, one of them. Ashington, Newcastle, Blue Star, Durham, you know, Great, great little days out, and they all they all have strong social clubs. You know, it's uh, the Northern League is is a bit of a it's it's a strong league. You know, and they're, yeah. they're really good setups. A lot of the clubs in it. So. Yeah, it's a bit of a bit of a shame that one though. But there you go. Um, next up was the the game that I actually got to the one preseason game I'm going to uh, watch this season. Uh, Chorley nil, Cali Knight two. Toughest opponent we've played so far to this point. Um, but actually, ran out. Fairly comfortably then. There's a couple of shaky moments at the back. I think Whelan and Armour at fullback didn't have the best games in this match. But going forward, we looked so strong and we were cracking for one of the fellows who actually um, helps organise a lot of stuff at Chorley, one of the volunteers. And he was saying like he hadn't seen a front three that good in pre-season for a long time. And just in terms of the level of fitness they had as well. They looked really, really sharp and 
he was certainly impressed. Obviously, goals there came from Abrahams and Clough, who seemed to have a really good understanding. We'll touch on that in a minute. Um, Lucas Jensen made his debut after signing earlier that day. And uh, half the squad played this night. Then I think eight subs came on in about 74 minutes. But those subs also played the following night, which brings us on nicely to Kendall nil, Cal United 6. Uh, rest of the squad got their full 90 minutes against the Mint Cakes, picking up a resounding win with goals from Melish, Feeney, Dixon, Mampala, Fishburne and Toure. Uh, best bit about this though was the fact that Kendall managed to get a player sent off in this match. You do not see that very often in pre-season, do you? No, not at all. Normally referees will just uh, advise the team to make a substitution. My favourite one of those was, I don't know if you remember, it was when Ian Atkins was manager. Yeah. Uh, back in, I think it was summer of 2000. And uh, it was a pre-season. I think we played, I, f- I don't know if it was Motherwell or maybe St. Johnston. It was a Scottish team had come down to players and this was back when we were a poor third division outfit and most SPL teams were well above what we were and they, they absolutely battered us for most of the game and at half time we brought on a goalkeeper it was Paul Musselwhite you don't remember him he was at Port Vale for about 10 or 12 years I think he actually ended up going to Hull instead of signing for us and the reason why that happened was he came on at half time for Peter Keane and about 50 minutes 55 minutes in um <laughs> A ball over the top and the, the players cleaned through about 40, 45 yards from goal. Musselwhite came rushing out. The player tried to lob him and, and he jumped up and pretty much <laughs> caught the ball in the air and he sort of dropped it and the, keeper, the ref looks at him and goes, I'm going to have to tell you to be subbed. I've got no choice here. So poor Peter Keane, I think he'd taken his boots off and was sat on the bench. <laughs> yeah. Had to quickly get his boots and shirt and everything back on to come back on as the goalkeeper. <laughs> One of the most bizarre things I've ever seen in pre-season. And you'd expect that from a young lad on trial who you barely played a game. He, he, yeah. he played about 400 games for Paul Vell, something like that. Yeah. He was insane. Lot, he? he was insane. But there you go. So yeah, It was St. Johnston and it was yeah. 1-0. Yes. Because Musselwhite came on at half-time and Keane came back on on 65. Well, I wasn't too far off then. I was just about right. Yeah. I mean, they, they they battered us that game. 1-0, I don't think they did them much justice. They had five shots on target to our none. Oh, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> Tells you all you need to know. Um, yeah, have you, have you been reading that from Jeff Jackson's... Uh, I've just pulled it up from. on Jeff's site, yeah. Brilliant. yeah. Jeff Jackson's site's brilliant for finding out about pre-season yeah. games. Carlisle Programmes, Google it, Tess. Brilliant, brilliant stuff. Um, brings us on nicely to the, the game that you went to, Dan. Uh, Kai United nil, Blackpool won. Only pre-season game against EFL opposition ended in a narrow defeat to the newly promoted championship side thanks to Dimitri Mitchell's first half goal. Uh, looked like a pretty decent run out in sweltering conditions and good to see Magnus Norman back in net as well. His first pre-season game this was. Uh, I thought first half, I thought we were poor, hmm. to be quite honest. I saw a lot of people saying, oh, we look defensively sound. We looked all right, but we didn't create much. And the disappointment for me was, I think Blackpool had 16 players out. Yeah. I saw one of their local reporters say 16 players. Uh, second half, I uh, thought we were a lot better, but we'll probably be playing their sort of youth team by then, when the mm. subs came on and that. And obviously uh, a certain Richard Keogh came on. He did, he did. To uh, a, warm, a warm applause. 
But uh, I, I thought the second half we maybe deserved an equaliser because we did look a bit livelier. Uh, Toure and Mampala both looked quite sharp when they came mm. on. Dickinson had a chance he could maybe done a little bit better with. Yeah, it wasn't the easiest. I think the keeper didn't no, have to come no. out and make it. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, it, was, it was a good run out. And, uh, you know, I'd, I'd sort of like to have played similar sort of uh, level this week. As I say, no disrespect to Halifax. It would have been nice to maybe get a League One side at the very least, something like a yeah. Fleetwood or someone. Yeah. Or, you know, we play Fleetwood forty-eight times every year, so yeah, we'll cool. probably have them in the bounce game in four weeks' time. <laughs> yeah, not wrong there, not wrong there. Um, and finally, uh, midweek fixture, um, the only one that's been played because, of course, the Lancaster fixture has been. We should have been there tonight. Damn it, it's been yeah, annoying, we should have been there. Really annoying because I really wanted to tick off the giant axe. I've never been. Go yeah, say it all the time we've... on the train. We've played a couple of times uh, a few years back, and I didn't, I wasn't able to make both, so it would have been a first for me as well. Yeah, you pass by on the train all the time, don't you? Yeah, oh, yeah, it's it's a good solid go. little ground. Yeah, good, good, it's a good little setup. Yeah, indeed it is. Um, so yeah, I'll see the the game we played was against Everton under twenty threes, a game that we won three two. Um, played on the training pitch behind the waterworks end. Interesting this because it was originally reported as an away game. This wasn't it. It was going to be at Finch Farm. So and then in the Liverpool Echo yesterday, it suggested it would yeah. be an evening game. Mm. So for some reason, there was much secrecy around this game. Yeah. Uh, the press weren't there even. Yeah, it's interesting. Considering they put the YouTube highlights up later anyway, yeah. so everyone knows who was playing all. And involved. were playing the same team in some pointless trophy later in the season. What trophy? I don't know what you're talking about. Well, yeah. yeah. There you go. Um, but yes, obviously, United ran out winners uh, against the upcoming Starlets from Goodison Park. Um, highlights on the club's YouTube channel suggest that we dominate this game, really, doesn't it? When you look at it, I, I know they can be selective sometimes, but actually, if you look at the Blackpool one, they weren't selective. They showed that Blackpool had a lot of chances the first time. Yeah, yeah. Whereas with this, I think they only really showed maybe two or three chances for, for Everton, from what I can remember. Whereas we had about... 10 or 12, if not more. It was more like watching Kai United of last season, wasn't it, where we just dominated the game, basically, and we were well on top. That's what it looked like. Um, Everton's goals were a little bit lucky, I think, especially the second one. I think there was a bit of luck involved in that. Uh, United's goals came from Mellish, Lewis Bell, and a absolutely stunning goal from Manny Mampala against his old side. I mean, it was a brilliant strike, wasn't it? It's one of those yeah, ones that... It's kind of similar to... I'm trying to think who scored a similar goal last season. You might have even been in a Mario Patrick goal that he scored last season. Possibly the one against Crawley, maybe. Was it the Waterworks end up? Yeah, I think it was. A very similar yeah. sort, of, sort of... Curled it into the top corner. Then he was a brilliant strike either way, basically. Um, I think it's a little bit of a stretch to give Lewis Bell the goal, man, because it was going well yeah. wide. It's, it, it's fair yeah. to say. Um, but when, uh, when, you tr- when you're trying to hawk him about, that's what you do. <clears throat> No, no, no comments on that one. Um, but there you go. Uh, I don't know what you're on about. <laughs> <laughs> so, should, should we get into some sort of general chat about the preseason then, Dan? Um, do you think it's been a? I mean, we sort of touched on it just then, but do you think it's been a decent test for us these yes games? Or no. I mean, you should never ever read too much. I mean, no, no, well, we've no, had no. preseasons where we've won every game and then been terrible in the league. We've had preseasons where we've been terrible and started off well. It is all about fitness, shape, and tactics. I don't know much. Results, results do breed confidence, don't they? 
yeah, good definitely. performances, you know. Definitely. I don't think we had a great preseason last summer from memory, did we? I'm sure yeah, that it was, it was, it was a patchwork one. Did, did. Or did no, it was a patchwork I, one. I think there's been a bit, I think the fixture list's been a bit disorganised, you know what I mean? If Lancaster had happened tonight, that would have been Tuesday, Tuesday Wednesday, Friday in a week before mm. the season starts. Yeah. Not not ideal, is it really? No, I can't. I can't see why one of these games couldn't have been on that Saturday, like you said. Well, yeah, yeah. loads of clubs played games on that day. And the thing is, it's not like we were suddenly just coming back to preseason. The point, I think, we were one of the first clubs to come back to preseason. Yeah, we were the last week weeks, of June, two weeks before that. So yeah, it's not like yeah. it, that would have been. By the time usually. by the time the Penrith game came round, it was two and a half weeks back. Yeah, it's a bit of an unusual one, that one. You don't normally see that, but... but should leave me to set up the pre-season every year. I'll have it sorted. <laughs> you'd, be, you'd basically end up playing Kelty Hearts, Fort William, um, Huntley, uh, Garley Faradine, Bonny Rigrose. Funnily enough, I got asked if I fancy going to Bonny Rigrose by someone yesterday <sighs> on Saturday, but I can't do it, so oh, I think I'm off to Annan instead. One of the best names for a team you'll ever hear. Isn't yeah. it? It's incredible. Incredible. Um, as I mentioned before, I, I think it's it's good that we're we're dominating a lot of these games. Obviously, Blackpool's an exception, but even with those players out, they still. Have, I mean, they had Jerry Yates up front for them, didn't they? They're still a good side, aren't they? You got to be realistic yeah. on these things. Um, in terms of the squad makeup, done. How do you think we're looking? Do you think? Do you think we're looking all right? I mean, there's an uh, argument probably a little bit weaker than last season, but. There's continuity there, isn't there? That's the key thing. I think we need a left-sided utility defender, similar to what Whelan is on the right side. Yeah. Uh, I think midfield were well-stocked. Yeah. Uh, Up front, you could possibly make a case for another, but at the same time... There's a lot of as well. There's, there's a lot of players most of the players up front don't have a set position mm. yeah, apart from maybe Abrahams who sees himself as a number nine sort of thing yeah. but on the flip side I would not be adverse to giving Fishburne the odd run out you know if we're if we're winning a game 2 or 3 nil, give him 10 or 15 minutes like we should have done with Scott last season I don't mean three or four minutes when it's 89 minutes and the board's about to go up. Yeah. I mean, get these lads on 70, 75 minutes if you're winning two or three nil. Yeah. You know, and I, I honestly think Fishburne could be one of those players who, if he came in, scored a goal, I think he'd score another and very quickly he'd start scoring. Yeah. He's got, I've watched him a couple of times for the youth team and he's just got a knack of being there. Eh? Yeah. I mean, and you can't, it's something you can't teach, you know. Yeah, exactly that, exactly that. It's interesting you mentioned, obviously, the, in terms of the different areas of the team, I don't think anyone would disagree if we said that midfield's the strongest area, would you? It's, I mean, there's an argument we could put out two separate frees in there, couldn't you? Yeah, and, yeah. And both those would be really comfortable, wouldn't they? Yeah, yeah. You've got um, weakest... It's a weird one. It's, it's hard to, you don't really want to say weakest, but there's an argument in goalkeeper. We've we've not got much experience there. That's the one, experience one wise, there. no. But the two big lads yeah. and Jensen's well thought of at Burnley. You know, Beach seems to think quite well of Norman. So yeah, possibly. Maybe yeah. It's, maybe it's mid, maybe then you look at defence and maybe it's just. 
the fact that we're still a tiny bit thin in there, possibly. It's, yeah, like like I say, if we could get a left-sided Whelan type player, mm-hmm. you know, because we've got Tanner and Army, the first choice fullbacks, and you've got Hayden beside either Seney or McDonald. So a Whelan covers the right side. If we could get someone a left-sided version, I'd be a bit happier. Would you argue Dickinson can play left-back, though? He's played there plenty of his career. He has played there, but I think Beach sees him more as a attacking player than a defensive. Mm-hmm. Don't get us wrong, you know, if injuries happen in a game, he can, he can slot back because we'll have options to play yeah. left-wing sort of area, but... Yeah, let's see how he goes. We've had we've had one or two players have a bit of a stop start, haven't we? As well. Yeah, it's it's been a difficult preseason in terms of injuries, I suppose. In that sense, yeah. I obviously McDonald's coming in and out a couple of times now, and I have to say, actually, when I'm looking at McDonald's, he looks in great shape. I don't think I've seen him yes, looking in yes. good shape. I'm yeah, really yeah. impressed with how he looks. He there looks like is, he's maybe shifted a couple of times. There is a rumor. I don't know if it's true or not. That's. Uh, that McDonald is possibly isolating. Okay. So I don't know if that's correct. That was just the whisper on Saturday, you know, the usual I mean, car park whispers. It's, it's happening I mean, to it everyone, isn't it? Yeah. That's the thing, yeah. isn't it? It's it, it, everyone in and outside of football. And that's yeah. one of the reasons why they're having that forum behind closed doors, to yeah. avoid any risk of that happening. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, I, I, yeah, like I said, I, I, when I saw him at um, Chorley, I thought, and my mate actually commented, he, um, Scott, who stood next to me, you know Scott, and he said, yeah, yeah. he looks like he's lost a few pounds. I and mean, he wasn't yeah. firing him, but he just looks leaner. He looks in good shape. Yeah, yeah. And Hayden had a couple of shaky moments against Charlie, whereas actually McDonald was doing a lot of the sweeping up and a lot of the confident yeah, play. Yeah. He looked, I, I wonder if we might actually see, I think, I don't think McDonald was particularly bad for us this season. I think some people massively overreacted. I mean, some people saying, I heard some people saying he was one of our worst ever defenders. I mean, give me, give you a shake. Seriously. I mean, I, I could name 20, 30, 40, 50 worse than him off the top of my head. <laughs> that's yeah. that's the difference. But I genuinely think we might actually get to see the McDonald that we thought we were getting last summer. Because I don't think we ever quite reached the heights we expected because we knew yeah, one version yeah, before. Yeah. But there you go. Um, good to see a strong academy representation in the squad though, isn't there really? Because that's, that's something that's really stood out for me, some of the... These players have been involved, but I mean, Luce Bell has been involved from the starting games. He clearly does rate him highly. And I, I was looking before, Dan, that we've on transfer market, we've got the fourth youngest average age squad in League Two at 23.7 years old. But, yeah, that, but that doesn't actually take into account Breeze, Simons and Fishburn. Yeah, They're not yeah. including that. So actually, we probably are the youngest because the, the next one, I think the youngest is 23.2. And I think that's, Exeter, you've always got loads of. I mean, that's yeah, the thing yeah. we said last season. But that's what we've got to aim for to be more like Exeter in terms of the way we're producing young players, and that does seem to be the way we're looking right now, which is good to see. Um, but it, it's good to see, isn't it, Dan? And it, it does seem that Beach Beach does seem keen to integrate them, doesn't he? he? Wants to get them involved. He, they're not. We always hark back to it, but when Keith Kerr was manager, it was a token gesture to give a youth player a contract, wasn't it? There was no real interest in trying to integrate them into the team, unless you had someone like a Dempsey or a Potty who were already yeah, there yeah. and established by that point. He had no real interest in actually giving young players a chance, did he? Whereas no. Beach does seem keen to actually, yeah, yeah, slowly but surely in some cases. But he seems to want to get them involved, doesn't he? Yeah, uh, it's it's a big year for Dixon and Charters. Uh, yeah, absolutely. You know they've they've got to 
battle the way in because I think we'd be very surprised if we don't start with Guy, Mellish and Riley. No, definitely that's, not. That's like the go-to three. But, uh, but the way they've played it, in pre-season, they've been getting goals and they've been creating stuff. Yeah. yeah. I think, I'd hope the beach are looking and say, okay, now I know I can, I can actually rely on you to come on and affect yeah, games. Yeah. So he won't, he won't, because he, he's always been quite reluctant to change the midfield in games at times, hasn't he? Beach. So he mm. might actually look and say, okay, I can bring these lad in and, and they'll do something. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like I said, it's a big, big year for them both. And obviously, with them being local, we want them to uh, to kick on and you know start start making the the manager ask questions. You know? Especially Dixon as well, isn't it? Just yeah. I yeah. mean, it was fantastic that he got offered a new a new deal. They they clearly do rate him highly. And actually, when you watched him some of these preseason games, he looks so good on the ball. And I heard a few comments. I obviously didn't go to the game. You did, Dan. But a lot of people said he made a big difference when he came on against Blackpool. He he was picking up the ball and trying to make yeah, things happen. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and like I think we've said it before. Actually, he's probably a player who'd probably be quite well suited to play in League One, in a weird way because he's very technical. Whereas yeah. Charters is probably more suited to League Two level because he's got the physicality, hasn't he? And yeah, he just yeah. drives the ball a lot. So, yeah. so yeah, good to see them getting goals. And and like you said there before, good to see Lewis Bell getting a bit of action. And he seems to rate him highly because he he like I said he started some games ahead of players like Toure and and Co. Hasn't he? Mm. Amazing what can happen when scouts are about. <laughs> Funny that, isn't it? Um, obviously, you mentioned there before, Mellish, he's, he's just carried on where he left off, hasn't he, in pre-season? I mean, he's got three, three goals, is it, I think? Two or three? I can't remember exactly how many, but he's shown he, he's just got that knack of being in the right place at the right time. And yeah, yeah. I, I don't see it dropping off this season, do you? It shouldn't. It shouldn't, but uh, we'll see. Um, I mentioned that before about the Charlie game defensively looked a tiny bit shaky at times in pre-season. I mean, obviously losing Bennett this summer has been a, a bit of a blow. And obviously Anderton, as much as he only maybe played half the games, he's still an experienced head in there, isn't he? And somebody, you know, who can come in and do a job. It's, it, it, it's, maybe they're just struggling to settle a little bit now. And I think maybe, you mentioned this, but Tanner being out for those couple of weeks probably hasn't helped either, has it? Because yeah, he's yeah. such an established part of the squad and such a big yeah. player for us. Yeah, uh, I, I think once we get into uh, the you know playing proper games, we'll, we should settle down at the back and uh, looking forward to seeing what our defensive unit does, to be honest. You do wonder if, having not played those games, will Tanner be a bit, maybe a bit more fresher or will he maybe be struggling to get his match fitness up at first? He got uh, about 75 minutes in yesterday against Everton, so... You'd imagine he'd probably start against Halifax as well, wouldn't you, and get his full his full ninety yeah, in yeah. that as well. You'd you'd hope. Um, it'd be interesting to see what side plays against Halifax and whether we put out what we expect to be the starting eleven against Colchester a week later, maybe, or whether mm. he still tries out a few different little things. Possibly that would be an interesting one. Um, everyone's saying it. It's it's a, it's a pretty obvious thing to say, but Zach Clough looks a hell of a player, doesn't he? Yeah, if he's if he stays fit, we've potentially got one of the best players in the division. Uh, you can get forty to one on him for top scorer, and it looks like he's going to be taking penalties. So that's one advantage in that sense. But I've seen a lot of people putting bets in this and talking about this. I'm I'm not as convinced about him for top scorer. I think he's going to be brilliant. Don't know. I think he's going to be brilliant, but I don't think he's going to score as many as you'd think. But on the flip side. Tristan Abrahams, I think, is going to score a hat load. I really do. I think he's 
hatful rather than hatload, sorry. Um, I, I just think he's going to benefit from Clough. That's going to be the key thing because Clough's got the vision. Some of the balls he was playing through against Charlie, yeah, it's Charlie. But he was defensive and passes all over the place. And I think Abraham's going to benefit from that because he's got the pace and the sort of trickery to get himself into the right positions, hasn't he? I think yeah, he yeah. looks a good... He, he looks like a player. Obviously, he's lost his way a little bit, Abraham's. He was at Norwich City, wasn't he, a few years ago and never quite worked out there. He had to come back down to the League 2 level. I do wonder if this might be where he takes his big chance and someone... It, I'm, I'm sort of thinking along the lines of Houlihan and Mullen last season at Cambridge. Paul Mullen would not have scored anywhere near as many goals if Wes Houlihan's not in that team. And it's that, that's not necessarily Houlihan setting up every goal. It's Houlihan playing the free ball for the winger to get the ball across to Mullen to score the goal. Yeah, yeah. And I think I can see exactly the same happening for us with, with Abrahams. I don't know what it is. It's just, it's just something from what I've seen so far suggesting me that's going to be the case. Have you been quite impressed with Abrahams? Yeah. He uh, looks... Uh, I mean, I know he played wide a little bit last season for... Orient and Newport, he sort of, I think he sort of said he wants to, to play through the middle. Uh, you know, this again, he's another one. He's, he's at the age where he needs to start proving his worth. And uh, I think, like I say, I think we'll get a few goals out with. Definitely, definitely there. Um, last thing I want to mention here, from my things I've picked out, um, Gimme Ture, it's nice to see him getting his mojo back a bit, isn't it? He looks like he's enjoying playing his football. He's not necessarily starting all the games at the moment. Maybe we're sort of easing him back into it. But he, he looks a lot happier than he did towards the end of last season, doesn't he? I've, I think he, he struggled a bit with the lockdowns and that last season. You know, you've got to remember, at the end of the day, he's a, a French kid in Carlisle. You know, he's... I think he might even have a kid in, over in France, or at least he's got family over there, hasn't yeah, he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's, some someone did say they thought that some of the family had maybe came over with him, but I'm not not heard if that's right or not. We'll try and find out. Well, it'd be nice if they have because, he, he, like I said, we, we want to see him happy. We want to see him yeah, yeah. entertaining because I, I think with the f- crowds back as well, he's the kind of player who gets the ball and the fans get excited, and he hears those fans saying, "Go on," he's going to say, "Right, I'm going to have a go," and he's going to do something spectacular, isn't he? To to get yeah. people off their feet. So it's got a great goal against um, Kendall. Obviously, again going to allow for the opposition level but really good team goal that he started and finished off I seem to remember so mm. re- really hope you can do the well um, anything else you can think of from pre-season to pick out Dan? No not really uh, obviously we just hope for a, a good strong performance against Halifax yeah did you did you enjoy being back at Burton Park? yeah I mean I was in the paddock I've not been mm. in the paddock for years <laughs> uh, the, the new catering was uh, had it's like a soft launch Mm. Uh, all seemed good, you know the uh, new burger stall in the car park, a fish and chip van. Uh, you know they had the new pies. Uh, tried one; it was nice, hot, yeah. nice and hot in uh, the foil packaging and whatnot. So. Yep, I've heard a few people say the um, the fish and chips were very nice. I interestingly, saw that uh, that Blackpool blogger. Uh, posted about her trip up to yes, Carl. Yeah, yeah. Seemed to enjoy it, but I've got to pull her up on this gravy on fish and chips. Different, sacrilege. If you ask me, <laughs> a, lot, a lot of people like curry sauce on fish and chips. Oh, there's nothing wrong with curry sauce in it. I love that, but I'm not having gravy, mm-hmm. <laughs> meat based. That's just weird. But there you go. Um, but no, that was nice to see. It was a good day. I I really enjoyed my trip to Crawley. Uh, Crawley, sorry, made the mistake. Cumbria cracks made there, didn't I? Um, Chorley. I love my little trip to Chorley. It was a cracking little day. I went up with a uh, Scott, who's a 
good uh, good friend of ours who lives near Wigan. Met up with Johnny, who obviously down this way you've obviously heard about in the past, and it was just nice little club set up they got there in the in the club, able to take the pints out to watch the game as well. Yeah, I, I, I think the one thing I've noticed from a lot of people going to the various friendlies is folk just happy to see people to see at the football again because yeah. It is more than about the match. It's your mates, the crack, etc. So. Well, it's interesting. I noted that the, the Workington game, the attendance was about 750, mm. um, which is interesting because normally in pre-season it's about five or 600. And you think, obviously, with a split between Workington and Hebburn, I do wonder if that's one of those games where it might have been closer to 900 if it had been just Workington yeah, on its own yeah, that day. Yeah. Obviously, Hebburn would have had a bigger attendance that day as yeah. well. So. But there you go. But no, yeah, you're right. It's just been nice to go to football games again and be able to mingle with people, obviously keeping your distance when you have to and stuff like that. But there was there was no major issues there. Everyone seemed to enjoy it. It was a good day out. So there you go. Um, okay, Dan, let's get on to the final part of the show. And that's, of course, the X-Files, which is a, it's your section, really, isn't it? You're the one who generally collect. We, we collect it together, but you do most of it, I think it's fair yeah. to say, because... You've I'm, got I'm, your... just, uh, I'm just practicing my breathing because this is uh, well, it's a big list this time. Well, well, if you want, don't necessarily just fly through them because we might want to comment on a few of them because there's some interesting ones in here, isn't there? I think it's fair to say. So let's get started with the transfers. Go on then, Don. Transfers. Uh, apologies if we did touch on any of these last time, but we have Luke Joyce has gone to AFC Fylde. That's an interesting one because he was being linked strongly with Oldham, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, and he's turned them down to go to AFC Fylde, where not national league level anymore, they're nationally north level, aren't they? I think they're, they're throwing the money about again because they made two or three signings a little bit. It's a surprise, though, isn't it? Because you'd think that they might be struggling now that Blackpool are back in the championship and got a bit of money, and the fans are happy there again and actually going yeah, to the matches. Yeah. That, that's where they benefited from last time. But the yeah. interesting point on this one is the fact that he turned down all the. And so has Dean Furman. Dean Furman's been back on trial at Oldham, hasn't he? Yeah. And he was offered yeah. a deal, but he turned it down. Yeah, good luck. So it's interesting. They might be having a bit of a struggle this season. We'll find out in the season preview, which, of course, you've got Oldham to look at, haven't you? I deliberately picked that one for you. Cause I, knew, I knew you'd love to go to town on a, our old friend, Mr. Curl, for that one. Yeah. But there you go. Uh, ben Amos went from Charlton to Wigan. Uh, Jack Bonham has gone from Gillingham to Stoke City, continuing his climb up the leagues. Yeah, it's a good move for him. He's doing well, isn't mm. he? Mm. Uh, Alex Gilead went back to Bradford from Scunthorpe for about the 48th time. Yeah, it's his third spell, I think, isn't it? Yeah. He was on loan and permit last time. Uh, Rowan Steele, who I think was a YTS last season. He was. He was one of the unlucky ones, because obviously we did so well in the YTS league last season. Yeah. But we'd already given Bell and, I think it was Charters, wasn't it? Maybe or something. Yeah, he's... He's went to Annan. Yeah. Uh, James Trafford has gone on loan from Man City to Accrington. Trafford being the modern version of Dean Henderson. Grayson's so finest. We have, he, he'll be under EPPP. Yeah, so we don't get but, as much uh, money from that. He, he, hopefully over the years he'll make us a few pounds. Yeah. Uh, James Brown has gone to St Johnston permanently yep. after being on loan there from Millwall. Uh, this is an interesting one. Gary Dicker has gone back to Brighton and Hove, Albion, but as the overage player and coach in the under-23s. The interesting one is because a few clubs doing this. I think Man United had just re-signed Paul McShane to do exactly the same thing yeah, for them. Yeah. He never played a first-team game for Man United, though, Paul McShane, did he? I don't yeah, the, the, it seems to be the thing. I think he can play as it two or three overage players yeah. in the under-23s, and a lot of clubs are starting to... Uh, 
to bring back people who were old you know, heads experienced. Yeah, yeah, basically, yeah. And to he, guide those players. He'll, he'll fit right in there. And he's a uh, 35 now, Dicker, I think. Something like that, isn't he? So it's an ideal move for him, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, like uh, Stephen Rigg went from Dover to Workington. He couldn't move much further, could you, really? Yeah. In terms of clubs. Uh, Jamie Proctor, Rotherham to Port Vale. I wonder if he'll actually finally start to perform, Proctor, because... I like Proctor. I think, I think he was good. a decent player, but he... Because he was playing with a bit of a knock here. Yeah, he seems to go to a club for big money... Barely playing, then just go on loan every season. From yeah. Since that uh, Charlie Wyke has turned down deals at Sunderland and gone to Wigan, who are suddenly splashing the cash. 10k a week, allegedly. Yeah. Don't blame the lad, don't blame Richie Bennett has moved again, Stockport to Sutton. We've good move for him. That's yeah. a good move, considering you all see was at Stockport, wasn't really getting games. Yeah. Went, to, went to Hartlepool, didn't he, last season, and then... Stockport recalled him because Hartlepool were catching up yeah, on Stockport yeah. in the playoffs. As it was, didn't do Stockport much good because Hartlepool went up. So, so there you go. Sean Brisley has gone to Wrexham from Port Vale. Wrexham are splashing the cash and I mean, signed Mullen. It, it's interesting, National League, isn't it? Because they don't have the same financial fair play rules that we have. No, and they get a couple of years grace when they come up, don't they? So basically, clubs just pile it in. And this is yeah. why I think Salford was so desperate to get up. Yeah, from League yeah. Two because they they have those years grace, haven't they? Yeah. So, uh, Annan have got three. Uh, Barnes and Birch, who we released, uh, sort of victims of COVID, to be fair. Yeah. And then Greg Fleming has went from Stranra to Annan. Uh, Doing a Cor- tour of the Border TV team, doesn't he? Really? Yeah. <laughs> Corey Evans has went from Blackburn to Sunderland. Yeah. Uh, as slightly mentioned earlier, Richard Keogh's at Blackpool now from Huddersfield. Uh, former loanee Martin Smith has gone from Chesterfield to Hartlepool. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jordan Holt went from Workington Reds to Carlisle City. Uh, Olamola uh, had a trial at Hartlepool and a sign for them. I think Mark Cullen's still on trial there, isn't he? I think the, yes, the talk is I, he's going to sign a deal. I, I think. think he's got a slight knock, but it's expected he'll sign a deal, was what I read. Yeah. Uh, Reese Bennett went to Gillingham. Uh, we never said if we withdrew our offer probably still on, on his table it's ridiculous isn't it that, that's the one thing that annoyed me about all that I've no problem with if, if Bennett wants to turn down the deal and wants to look elsewhere good luck to him he was on trial at Burton wasn't he at the start yeah, of the yeah. season um, obviously he's played under Evans I think twice before I think at Mansfield and yeah, yeah. Uh, Peter, so he's, there's, a, there's a link there but we should have just withdrawn that deal. Yeah, yeah. I just, just. Once I mean, it we maybe did and didn't announce it, but it was well, ridiculous. Only like a week or so before. Yeah, yeah. He signed. Beach was saying, "Oh, you know, he's not said no yet." It's like, just say, "Look, it's a month gone. The, the deal's withdrawn. We move on." That's yeah. what I would have liked to have seen. But there you go. Uh, Mark Beck has gone on loan to York City in National League North from Harrogate. That must be quite, quite hard to stomach for the. York fans that they are now taking players on loan from Harrogate Town. Yeah, <laughs> must be really. Yeah. It's like us, like effectively, like us taking players on loan from Barrow. I suppose, isn't it? Really, but Newcastle's former next number nine, Elias Sorensen, has gone back to Denmark permanently. Second division, Edgeberg. It's, uh, it's just what a waste of a talent that is, yeah, really, because he clearly yeah. had some ability, but just wasn't interested. And um, one that popped up yesterday, Bastian Heddy is continuing his. Travels around Ireland and has gone on loan from Bohemians to Derry City. He, he's getting right around, isn't he? Has it been Derry, Bohemians, Linfield? I think there's a couple more, isn't he? He's been he's both North and South, hasn't he? So. He's maybe been to Cork or something like that as well, I think, maybe. 
Well, that's what we'll do for the next episode. We'll uh, we'll, we'll work out how many he's been at. <laughs> uh, not too many goals, but uh, Naki Wells scored for Bermuda in the Gold Cup defeat to Haiti. Mm. Uh, a Champions League goal. Yes. For Craig Curran for Corners Key Nomads against Armenian powerhouse Alashkert. <laughs> Uh, Tom Parks scored on his debut for Livingston after about five seconds or something ridiculous. It was a first-minute goal. Uh, you've put this in. I said we wouldn't do friendlies, but, but, we, but we've got to give this a mention. M- Mr. Mr. Scott is scoring already for fun for Gateshead. You just know he's going to end up at Hartlepool or Sunderland. Mm. Uh, Cameron Selkeld scored for Air, and Steve Swinglehurst scored in a game featuring Annan. Unfortunately, it was in his own net. Interesting, you, you point out, wasn't there? Was it, was it a back five that um, Alan Pitt played in one of those games, which is the yeah, entire Carlisle? Yeah, it was all, all ex Carlisle, yeah. I think it was Fleming in net, and then it was... Um, Barnes, Birch, Douglas, and Swindlehurst. Yeah. 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 yeah uh, coaching moves, quite a few in the last few weeks. Uh, yeah. Chris Birchall has joined the Port Vale Foundation, which is basically their sort of football in the community, yeah. similar to what John Halpin does here. Mm. Uh, Adam Murray is the assistant manager at West Brom to uh, Ishmael, who took over there. Yeah, good move for him. Uh, Paul Murray, as, uh, sorry, Paul, sorry, I'll put Paul, yeah, Paul Murray left his uh, job as academy coach at Oldham. Interesting one, that one, because there's a bit of like, question marks over why it's happening because I think Oldham are just a mess on yeah because he, he, it's interesting remember he's he's probably about as popular there as he is with Carlisle fans isn't he he's, he's a real hero yeah, to Oldham yeah. fans as a player uh, Paul Furwell extended his contract at Harrogate no surprise there really yeah. uh, Craig Russell left his coaching role at Sunderland he'd been there for like 12 years as a coach hadn't he I think yeah, uh, the player a lot Tony, of fans forget, isn't he, Craig Russell? Because he was, yeah. he sort of came in under, I think it was under Collins, I think. Yeah, and he only played about twenty-five games. I think he scored about three times, but he was a good player, a very good technical footballer, definitely. Yeah, Tony Keg has already left Falkirk, which we mentioned <laughs> in the last episode. Uh, he's got a full-time role at Dundee United as goalkeeper coach. Uh, the remains of Mister Curl's team at uh, Northampton have got new jobs. Dan West, uh, West, Dan Watson has left <laughs> to join Cheltenham as a goalie coach, and Colin West has joined the coaching setup at Oldham alongside our former goalie coach Steve Collis, as we mentioned. Yeah. And one that just happened the other day, Billy Barr has left Blackburn under twenty three manager role to become Gary Boyer's assistant at Salford. You missed one out there, Dan. Matt Janssen. Oh yes, Matt Janssen is now the manager of Stockport Town. He was, wasn't he, like director of football at County? Yeah, he was before. some sort of bizarre role, like head of it's, scouting or something. Some or, of that, yeah. Yeah. And a couple of other ones. Uh, Alexander McQueen made an appearance for Grenada against Panama, again in the Gold Cup, which is the North American sort of main competition. Mm-hmm. And Joe White made his senior debut for Newcastle in a friendly at Rotherham. A lot of people won't be familiar with the name, but uh, Joe White was basically taken by Newcastle under EPPP. At age of 13, a, I think, something like that. Yeah, he's another who could make us a few pounds. Got a famous granddad as well in Cal United terms. Yes. Pete Hampton, of course, was his yes. granddad. Sadly passed away yeah. uh, in the last year or so, didn't he? Um, and obviously everyone who's a Carlisle fan will uh, 
which former player and boss Paul Simpson, well as he's continuing in his uh, recovery from illness, uh, from his coaching role under Nigel Pearson at Bristol City. Excalibur all over the place there. Yeah. Just to say if you're done, I've got it up now. Bastian Herry. Do you want them all now? So he, yeah. he, he obviously left us to go to Accrington. He only played one game at Accrington. He then ended up at Limerick. He had a yeah. spell at Waterford, then Lingfield, Bohemians, and now obviously at Derry City. He started his career at Paris Saint-Germain. I always forget that. He's Insane, still only 29 as well. Clearly a player of ability, but he's just one of those players who's he's difficult to fit into a team, isn't he? Just because yeah, the way he plays, yeah. he's a difficult one. So there you go. So that's it, Dan, isn't it, for this episode. Uh, thanks, everyone, again, for listening. Of course, as, as ever, um, thank you to the London Branch for their sponsorship of the second half of the show. Uh, always appreciated that. Um, reminds everyone, you can obviously subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. That'd be Google Podcasts. If you podcasts. already, why not? Yeah, why not? Why the bloody what, hell is, not? This is episode 51. Exactly. Pull your it finger out. Yeah. Sort it out. Yeah, so you can get it on like Acast, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, anywhere like that. And as well as that, when you go and subscribe, if you can just give us a review, give us a five-star review, that's brilliant because more people then find out about it through the, the chat and things like that. And it's a, that's a really helpful way to get more Car United fans uh, listening. Um, speaking of which, obviously, um, some new countries since we last recorded. And obviously people have still been picking up the odd episode and including the special ones. Um, and three new countries that were added on. Indonesia, got a listen out there, maybe in Jakarta, I don't know. Greece, and... I wonder if that's someone on holiday. On, on holiday, probably, yeah. yeah. And Chile, Chile's a, a new one as well. I, don't think I have known of a couple of people from the area who've been to Chile or around Chile, so I wonder if it's maybe them. It could well be, it could well be. Um, as we mentioned previously as well, if, if you want to get in contact with us, you, there's loads of ways you can do it. You can either do it via email to bruntonbugle at gmail.com. You can contact us on Twitter at bruntonbugle. And you can find us on Facebook as well. I've got a Facebook page. Just search for Brunton Bugle and it'll come up on there. Um, in terms of upcoming episodes, Dan, um, we're going to record our season preview this weekend, aren't we? Um, yeah. So, so aim for that to be out on Monday morning basically it's where we go we go through every team in the division we sort of give a little review of their squads and know how we think they're going to get on and we also make some predictions in terms of who we think is going to win the title and promotion playoffs go down who's going to be top scorer who's going to be united's best players and things like that so yeah uh usually makes us look stupid around about may time doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. <think> so. october <laughs> october yeah you're not, yeah. not, not wrong there last season it was looking good at christmas actually some of our yeah, predictions, yeah. But, but it all went belly up i think it's fair to yeah. say um we will be recording a preview for the Colchester show at some point next week as well. Um, we'll we'll, have to work t- out we'll, we'll touch on Sheffield United in the, the League Cup as well for that. Yeah, well, we'll try and get a bit of that into there. Um, and then what we'll do is we'll do one of our special match day episodes as well in terms of recording bits of sound around the game because I know a lot of people like to hear the, the, the crowd noise and things like that. They're really interested in hearing what it's been like on a match day, especially as fans have not been able to go for so long, haven't they, Dan? So it's... It's going to be a good day, I hope. I really do hope it's going to be a, an enjoyable afternoon watching the football. Um, you'd imagine we go into that game as favourites, looking at what the bookies have said, but you never know. Yeah, things, we should be. We should you, be. You never know with these things. Um, thanks once again, everyone, for listening. We really appreciate everyone's support. It's, it really, really does help us in terms of putting this together. Uh, thanks again, Dan, for joining me. No bother. Always good. Uh, thanks again, obviously, for listening. And up the blues. Up the blues. Up the blues.